You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But Buck was in a tough spot because if he's not using Smith and he's not using Diaz, or he prefers not to use Diaz, which I guess means he's not using Diaz, you're kind of stuck with Adovino. You're stuck with Joelli, who he had used already. Well, no, he hadn't used Joelli yet. So you're stuck with Otto. You're stuck with Joelli. You're stuck with Seth Lugo. Those are really the three relievers you're going to go to. And at that point, you're not going to Joelli to face Jacob Stallings. You're probably going to go to the righty because you got right-hand hitters coming up, even though Jolie's had a reverse splits. He's actually done a pretty good job against right-handed hitting. So I thought having Bassett face De La Cruz was one batter too much. And here's the problem. Even though this is still all on Seth Lugo, or mostly on Seth Lugo, and Seth Lugo probably blows this game either way, when you bring a guy in, bases loaded one out, you aren't giving him much of a margin for error. So when Seth falls behind Gerard Encarnacion in his Major League debut, he's putting himself in a tough spot. And obviously he hits the Grand Slam and... Not that the game's over at that point, because the Mets have shown a great ability to come back. But it was a city field kicking the balls. And the crowd, even though it was Father's Day, even though the Met fans should be very, very happy, the Met fan got testy. I'm not a booer, but there were a lot of there was a lot of boos raining that on Seth Lugo. But what made it worse is all right, you give up the grand slam. It's a four to one game. It's probably over, but it's not definitely over. Can you just get through the seventh inning? What made it worse is he walks Chisholm. He gives up the RBI double to John Birdie. And it's like, dude, can you just get through the freaking inning? You've already blown it enough. And then the ninth inning was also frustrating because Eduardo Escobar, and I'm starting to lose my patience with Eduardo. He had a decent day on Monday, but, um, you know, starting to say to myself, all right, Eduardo, you're going to hit, you're going to field. When's this happening? Because his defense has been shoddy. He makes an error that starts that inning, and then Jazz Chisholm's lucky enough to hit that very soft contact RBI double, but the bad defense put them in that position, and the Marlins are really able to add two additional insurance runs, even though the Mets showed that pulse in the seventh inning. They start to rally. Jeff McNeil, boom, right out of the gate, double up the alley. Luis Guillerme, boom, RBI single. Even in the ninth inning, they get back-to-back walks and do nothing. So the frustrating part was the tack-on runs that the Marlins were able to add. But look, you're not going to win every single game. I, I totally get that. And what was really important was to come back on Monday afternoon and respond. And that was a good victory. I know Rodgers hasn't been the same guy as he was a year ago, and the Mets blew an opportunity in the first inning when they had the bases loaded and nobody out and couldn't score. But David Peterson did a tremendous job getting in and out of trouble. The Mets were able to take advantage of some shoddy defense, some soft contact, and they got themselves a nice little 6-0 victory on Monday afternoon. They got hit a few more times. J.D. Davis got hit in the hand. And I thought for a second, after J.D. got hit in the eighth, 
that maybe they would respond. But you're responding with what? By hitting Gerard Encarnacion? Like, what exactly are you doing? And with Yoan Lopez on the mound, because he pitched the ninth inning of the 6 nothing game, you can't even tell if he's trying to hit somebody, as we saw against Kyle Schwarber earlier in the season. Like, you can't even tell if that's his intention. So, look, it's happening with so many different teams. It's happening with the Marlins. It's happening with the Nationals. It happened with the Cardinals. There are so many teams that have hit Mets that it's not as if it's one team that you could kind of look at and say, okay, that's my enemy. They're taking too many liberties. But it is happening on, like, a daily basis where Mets are being drilled. The biggest concern, though, out of the Monday afternoon game is Jeff McNeil. The Mets have themselves depth. Luis Guillerme has done a great job and deserves to play. So if McNeil has to miss a couple of days going into the two-game series against Houston, giving Luis Guillerme more of an opportunity to play second base is not a terrible thing. First of all, he's a magician defensively. Watching Luis Guillerme play defense is a pleasure. How good is he defensively? I love watching him. He puts bat on ball. He gives you those long quality at-bats. So if McNeil being out leads to more opportunity for Luis, that's a good thing in terms of the depth. But like I mentioned earlier, McNeil has been so clutch all season long. And what I love about this, and Buck's done a great job, is that he'll play second base, he'll play left field. He's not affected by where he plays in the field. It never has affected him. He also hits him everywhere. Hits him fifth, hits him eighth, hits him seventh, hits him sixth. So hopefully Jeff is not out for a very long time. Buck did not give a lot of details in his postgame presser. But Buck said something interesting in his postgame presser. And this goes back to something I know the morning guys talked about, the midday guys talked about, we touched on it a little bit, which is that Buck made a comment about Lindor having more RBIs than Aaron Judge. So I'll take you through my day. I read the comment in John Heyman's article in the New York Post. I heard the morning guys talking about it. And I'm a real stickler for context. Like, I just don't like to read quotes and then talk about it. I like to hear, well, okay, where'd the quote come from? So I immediately contact Big Mac and Loogie on our afternoon show and say, can you find the audio of Buck making those comments? They can't find it. I can't find it. I'm looking everywhere. We have a TV deal with SNY. So I said, call up SNY. So SNY, they take like five hours to respond. At some point late in the afternoon, they supply us with the audio. And context is king, people. So if you haven't heard the audio, I'll explain exactly what it is. John Heyman, who I like John, is writing an article about Mets versus Yankees. Okay, it's a big topic of discussion because both teams are really good. The Yankees are the best team in the American League. The Mets are the best team in the National League. So John says to Buck, basically, hey, you keeping up with the Yankees? To which Buck gives a politically correct answer. Well, yeah, I got a lot of friends there. And then you hear Buck sort of get agitated. Like, you know, why are we talking about the Yankees? I'm the manager of the Mets. So... He makes a comment like, hey, the camera's off. And very quickly, the Mets say, uh, Howard Kaufman, who's the head of PR, says, no, no, the cameras are on, Buck. And he's like, no, no, okay. And, and then he goes on just kind of talking about the Yankees and talking about, well, you know, Francisco Lindor's got more RBIs than Aaron Judge. So it wasn't brought up out of nowhere. It wasn't like Buck said, I got this great idea. 
It was that he was being asked about the Mets versus the Yankees. So I got home after the afternoon game, and like I always do, I always watch Bucks post games, just like I watch Boone's post games. And in Boone's, and I'm sorry, in Bucks post game, he talks about you know the injuries the Mets have dealt with in the rotation. How Trevor Williams is going to make the start tomorrow. How Max Scherzer may be back Sunday. And he wonders aloud, I'll try to do my buck imitation. He wonders aloud, does any team ever get through the whole season with just five starters? Oh, the Yankees do. That's why they don't lose. <laughs> so now I think the Yankees are on his mind or something. And I'm not sure if a reporter maybe called out the Yankees and said, yeah, the Yankees. Because Buck wondered, hey, what team gets through a season with five starters? Very few teams do. I think the Cubs did in 2016, but it's a very rare thing. So Buck says, oh, the Yankees. Well, that's why they never lose. So Yankee fans could take that however the hell they want. Buck Buck tries to give you a little personality in these postgame pressers because he doesn't want to give you information. That's really the truth with him. He doesn't want to tell you anything. And I don't. I'm not begrudgingly like mad about that. Like I understand from a competitive standpoint where you don't want to give too much information. As we discussed last time, he lied to us about what he said to Edwin Diaz on the mound in the Brewer game. So I think the way he offsets not telling us much is by just having a sense of humor. He's a funny guy. I don't think he was out there trying to make a point about Lindor and Judge. I think it was more, you're asking me about the Yankees. And I think he also wants to defend this guy. Francisco Lindor is going to be the most scrutinized player on the New York Mets. He just is. Because of the money he makes, because the expectations attached to him. And so I think Buck, realizing that, he's going to go out of his way to put his guy over. And that's what I think all that was about. As far as Scherzer's concerned, Max is going to make his first rehab start Tuesday night in Binghamton against Redding, and then his day would be Sunday, which works out very, very well. You could have Max Scherzer make the start Sunday against the Marlins. That's great. I would hesitate and give him another rehab start. I just don't think with where the Mets are right now, at 45 and 24, that the Mets should be in any position to rush anybody back. I think you need to be smart. So while I'd love to see Max Scherzer back, As soon as possible, I'd love to see Jacob DeGrom back as soon as possible. When I hear one rehab start and then he's good to go, I know Max thinks that. And I remember in spring training, his first spring training start, he threw a ton of pitches. Can we be just like a little bit conservative? Sometimes it's okay to be really conservative. I think a lot of it matters where you are in a season. And right now the Mets are 45 and 24. They are three games off their pace of the 1986 New York Mets. They are two games ahead of the pace of the 2006 Mets, a team that ran away with the National League East how many years ago now? 16 years ago. I can't believe 2006 is 16 years ago. Jesus, man. That's crazy. The point is, the Mets and where they are in their history, they're in a great place. They're in a great place record-wise. I know the Atlanta Braves are relentless. They're not going away. I stand by that. But I think you do need to be smart when it comes to the health of Max Scherzer and the health of Jacob DeGrom. And what does it really mean? That Trevor Williams makes one more start? Okay, fine. Trevor Williams is that swing guy. Great job by David Peterson. I think if there was any debate on, hey, should Peterson go to the bullpen or the minors and Trevor Williams enter the rotation, even though Trevor's pitched well in the times he's filled in, Peterson did a really good job in this game on Monday. 
So I think he deserves to remain in the rotation at least until they start to get healthier. And I don't know when that's going to be because after Max comes back, who's next? I mean, Jake still hasn't made a rehab start. He's going to need a bunch of rehab starts. So I I don't know where we are with Jacob DeGrom. But again, much like I'm saying with Max, got to be smart. You can be patient. It's okay to be patient. Now, a couple of things we're noticing watching this team every single day. Last year, what drove me nuts about J.D. Davis is he cannot hit a freaking fastball. Like, how many times did J.D. Davis have a 90-mile-per-hour fastball blown by him? Dude, it has become so noticeable over the last few games, specifically the game on Monday. This guy can't catch up with fastballs. So while J.D.'s had his moments since being given that everyday opportunity, let's just face it. Let's all come together right now on June 20th, June 21st. J.D. Davis is not the answer as the everyday D.H. for the New York Mets. He's not. Now, Dom Smith is back. I think that's good. Dom Smith should be back for two reasons. Three reasons. Number one, he went down to AAA and the guy freaking performed. He's not a AAA player. He needs to be in the major leagues. That's number one. Number two, there's an opportunity for him to play. J.D. Davis shouldn't be handed an opportunity every single day. Guy came in a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And number three, I'm curious now with, and by the way, the real reason why Dom is back is the new rules have officially been implemented where you can't carry more than 13 pitchers. So when you just look at the way the Met roster is built, they needed to eliminate a pitcher. They haven't done that yet. Seth Lugo went on the paternity list. Once he comes back, I assume Yoan Lopez goes down to the minor leagues. But now they're actually going to have some guys on their bench. And right now, not to call it a spring training, because I think that's demeaning, there's a chance to see, can someone step up and be the everyday DH for this team? Can someone do it? It's not going to be J.D. Davis. Not that Luis Guillerme is a DH, but could Luis Guillerme prove he needs to play a lot more and push somebody else to DH? But then that leads us to third base. Eduardo Escobar has not been good. And it's always a challenge, especially when you sign a guy who's got a good track record. How long, how much time should you give a guy before you say to yourself, all right, I, you know, I got to do something. I can't run this guy out every single day. Now, Escobar did drive in three runs in this game on Monday at a sacrifice fly on a two-run single, so he is coming off at least a quality performance, but he's hitting 230. okay? He has not hit for the pop we all expected when they gave him that contract, and his defense has sucked. Those things are true. I am not done with him today, but I would start to look at third base and say, okay, it's June 20th. You have about a little over a month before the July 31st trade deadline. Is it possible you look at third base as an upgrade? You, know, you got to consider it. Guy's in 230s. Guy got, guy's got a 677 OPS. And again, his defense has been crappy. And I know everybody loves him. And he takes everybody to Foco de Chao. And that's fantastic. This is a production business. I'm sorry. That's where we are. You have to produce. So I'd put him on the clock right now. He's still going to play every single day. But I'd say July, I'd say the All-Star breaks the time. Because right after the All-Star break, you got a couple of weeks before the trade deadline. Will this team need an upgrade at third base? Yes, they're scoring five runs a game. Yes, that's amongst the leaders in the National League. But there's clearly a hole in this lineup, and that is protecting Pete Alonso. Right now, when you look at this Met lineup, Brandon Nimmo at leadoff, beautiful. I kiss my lips beautiful like I'm a chef. Freaking beautiful. Guy gets on base all the time. Guy could give you extra base hits. Guy's got a little bit of pop. I love Brandon Nimmo as a leadoff hitter. It's great. 
Starling Marte is a number two hitter, completely fine. Francisco Lindor, especially because he's got 52 RBIs, fantastic. Pete Alonso would clean up great. One through four, they're set. One through four looks fine. It's who can protect Pete. Right now in this moment, the best answer is Jeff McNeil, only because he's been so freaking productive. But after that, where are you going? Mark Hanna? Eduardo Escobar? So it, it gets back to the whole, they're going to trade for a bat, and that bat's got to be a guy that protects Pete. Who's that bat going to be? Is it a DH? Do we now open it up to third base? Because Escobar hasn't been very productive. I'm not sure. It's definitely something worth keeping an eye on. But very good homestand. Look, five and two, you got to love it. Now you go to Houston. It'll be challenging with Trevor Williams on the mound against the Astros. They do miss Justin Verlander in this two-game series. They may get Justin, depending on the way the days fall, next week. Because remember, this Astro thing is a home-and-home, essentially. They play two games in Houston this week. Then they play two games in New York next week on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday afternoon. And they've got the Marlins mixed in there one more time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in Houston. It's weird going back to Houston. You know, the Houston Astros are a team we grew up watching the Mets play. Then they go to the American League. Almost forget they exist. Then they exist because they're a bunch of cheating bastards who you love because they're trying to stick it to the Yankees. And then when you play the Astros, it's like a special occasion. So it should be fun to see Yankees against, uh, I'm sorry, the Mets against the Astros for two games. And then the Yankees against the Astros. It's like a, it's an Astro-Yankee sandwich. Mets-Houston, Yankees-Houston, Mets-Houston again. I mean, I got a freaking headache thinking about it. 